Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, and suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive. You can go to TireRack.com slash Dan. That's TireRack.com slash Dan. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's hour two on this Thursday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Spend some time in the first hour starting the show with uh, what happened yesterday in Kansas City. We have no news updates there, whether it's from the NFL or the Chiefs or uh, the local police with uh, Kansas City. But right now, with uh, 22 people injured, one of those people has died. But uh, if we have updates, we'll certainly bring that to your attention. I did reach out to a source with the uh, NFL home office, and I said, you know, moving forward, you know, can I, I, I know it's too soon to ask this, but I, I do want to ask this, and that is, will we look at how we handle parades differently? Will we do something where it's in a stadium now? Because I'm watching that Kansas City parade yesterday. That's as interactive as you'll find, where the fans... They were not unruly. They didn't go past the barriers. The players were there. They were socializing. They were autographing. They're used to this. They've had a couple of these parades. And the parade route. Um, and once again, we don't know motive. Um, we just know that there's been one victim, and there could be more, uh, you know, with the other ones who are injured right now. And I was watching that, and I was just wondering, is this the end of these kind of parades? Because unfortunately, it takes something like this for change. You go back to when Dale Earnhardt Sr., when he died, okay? No Hans device, walls aren't padded. It took that for NASCAR to change their entire sport. Now it's different. You know, it's apples and oranges. I'm just saying that it takes sometimes a moment. And then we go, oh my gosh, let's reassess this. Maybe this is that kind of moment here as we move forward with these types of parades where maybe it's just like you going to a game. We're going to get 70,000. They're going to do a you know victory parade around you know the field just saying hello to the fans. They give up and they get, get up and get speeches that it might, unfortunately, be the end of having these parades that go through you know downtown, through cities. And that's obviously unfortunate. Uh, but the, I, I, would, I tried to get an answer, and the person I know said, way too soon for somebody to, to be talking about that, but it has to be something on our radar. And for any of these, you know, whether it's a, a college team wins a national championship, they usually have that in an arena. Sometimes you have local parades, but, you know, with, with teams and you have whatever, 
you know, a couple of million people were showing up. And they want to celebrate. You want them to celebrate. This is your team. This is your town. This is your title. And now I wonder, is that in jeopardy? And, and I'm, I don't want to sound insensitive to what happened, that I'm trying to move it forward, but I'm trying to offer perspective other than it's terrible and we don't have safe places, whether it's our schools, our churches, and here's a parade in our town. And this, this has happened before with parades. It's just there's going to be more attention. Uh, there was one in Chicago a couple of years ago, 4th of July. But when you don't have any big-name athletes or a team involved, that's just regular citizens. And that doesn't get anywhere near the attention because this is the Kansas City Chiefs celebrating and these poor people who went to celebrate. You go to ce- Just imagine you go to celebrate and then you say, somebody's not coming home from a celebration. You take your kids out of school. We want you to experience this. And what kind of impact does that have? Does that leave? Whether it's children, a community, you know, a team. How do you register that, gauge that? But I I did wonder, you know, not long after I heard all the information and saw some of the local reports there, I wonder if we'll have these kind of parades anymore. That it might make a whole lot more sense for leagues to say, we're going to screen you security-wise. And you have to have a ticket. And unfortunately, this is this is how these celebrations are going to play out from now on out. But if we have any other information, then uh, we'll certainly bring it to your attention. And as I said in the first hour, and I'll continue to say it, if you know you're interested in this or you want more information, then I you know would encourage you to go to an all news station or a news channel so you could get those kind of updates. We're we're a diversion here. We've been a diversion. Uh, We pride ourselves in trying to make you laugh, maybe think, um, and it's interactive as well. Phone calls, emails, tweets. Uh, So as we move forward, we move forward together with this, but uh, trying to understand it, yes, it is senseless. The NFL uh, sent out a statement deeply saddened by the senseless shooting that occurred today near the end of the rally in Kansas City for the Chiefs. Our thoughts are with the victims, everyone affected. We're grateful for the quick and thorough response of law enforcement and emergency personnel. It's something I've said before, and that is having members in my family who were New York City firefighters, and they were there for 9-11. Whenever you see a fire truck on the side of the road, and you see the firemen out there with their boots, and they're taking a collection, or you see first responders, think about them. You know, like I said about teachers, think about them. Uh... First responders, nurses in, in hospitals, think about them. We normally don't. It takes something like this. It took COVID where we go, golly, they do an unbelievable job. They were dealing with life and death. Or some tragedy happens. You know, there's a fire. You know, they run towards that. Don't forget that. All right, poll question for the uh, second hour of the program is going to be what, Seton O'Connor? Team most likely to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl next season, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Now, we could keep it to 49ers and Lions. We could add in Cowboys oh, and you Eagles gotta, you for gotta, clicks. Yeah, you got to put in Cowboys for clicks. <laughs> I mean, I think technically, I think the Buccaneers this year were a higher seed than the Eagles, but that's not going to happen. 
Can we put in how many teams? Can you put in six? Four. Oh, oh, four? Well, we could do six on the website. Okay. All right. Yeah, Paulie. The Rams were 10 and 7. The Green Bay Packers were 9 and 8. They should be in the mix ish. Mm-hmm. Other than, you know, obviously San Francisco, Detroit, Cowboys, Eagles. Yeah. Cowboys for clicks sounds like a website. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would put the Cowboys in there. Niners, Rams, Lions. Do you want to know the odds? The DraftKings odds for this? I would say it would be San Francisco. Big favorite. Yes. Uh, <laughs> then? Lions? Yes. Okay. Then? Cowboys. Uh, tied. Okay. With? Eagles? Yes. No. All right, now who's the next team? This is where the it all really... Okay. Is, is this the surprise? I don't know if it's a surprise. All right. Uh, so, NFC team, Packers. Blue, blue, blue. <laughs> <laughs> That's a walk-off right yeah, there. Yeah, see you later, man. Take your fish and go home. Yes. <laughs> I know, oh, I mean, I know. I, I, mean. I, I heated up some something for lunch, <laughs> and uh, it kind of permeated. It, it, it wafted over to uh, the studio here. <laughs> I actually, I, I took it out in uh, Traegerville, so I have my lunch out there. I'm eating it outside. It's, you know, 30, 38 degrees, and I'm eating outside. You've been self-banished? I, I did that, yes, for the betterment of this, uh, this program. <laughs> By the way, Marvin is picking out Meat Friday because his diner's lost, and he's been a little down in the dumps, and you are controlling the menu for tomorrow. Make sure Tyler knows what to buy today, okay? I am. We talked yesterday, and... I texted him late last night, mm-hmm. and then I was like, hey, add this. And oh, he was like, oh, that's perfect. So okay. got a couple things on the menu for Friday. Yes, Todd. And Paul's been keeping track of the stages of grief. So this would be like the fourth stage, I guess, since of what happened on Sunday. Yeah. So he's got Friday, too. That uh, That's when we start to rally. That's when we rebound. Caitlin Clark about to break the all-time scoring record, and it should happen tonight. Iowa host Michigan. That'll be at uh, 730 Eastern exclusively on Peacock, which is where you can watch this program. Two of the greats, Caitlin Clark and yours truly. All right, better shooter. Uh, Our three-poll question, she, better shooter. She is. Yeah, she is. I mean, would I like to take a chance against her? I would. Maybe 20 years ago. Here is... Um, so I wanted to know the odds. Is it going to be a three-point field goal, a two-point field goal, or a free throw? And uh, Picture Day Ray handles the gambling podcast. By the way, today, Shea and Irving or Dylan have to get a Reba McIntyre tattoo (laughs) because one lost the Super Bowl bets, and uh, Ray's not telling me. So I'm bringing a tattoo artist in, and one of the two has to get a Reba McIntyre tattoo. Uh, Okay, so three-point field goal. Two-point field goal and a free throw. So it looks like the odds favor a three-point field goal, then two points, and then free throw. Caitlin Clark. It's eight points. Hmm. I was going to go layup, um, but 
Todd, you got an opinion? I think it'll be a two-point shot. I'm con- uh, interested in the prop bet of how long it takes in minutes and seconds when they stop the game and resume the game and acknowledge what she's Well, she's already said, look, I hope they don't stop the game because I don't want to waste a timeout. That's very cool that she said that, and it's the right thing to say, but they are going to uh, Are they going to charge that. Iowa with a timeout? I didn't know that. Like, when LeBron set the all-time record, did they charge the Lakers with a timeout? I had not heard that before, but Caitlin Clark is already thinking about, all right, don't stop the game. We don't want to waste a timeout here. But uh, she needs eight points to break the all-time scoring record. She can still break Pete Maravich's all-time scoring record. Pete did that in three years uh, at LSU, and uh, I think he averaged you know forty four point two for his career, something crazy like that. Yeah, Pauline, uh, you're going to probably back me up on this one. It's it's kind of unfair that Pete Maravich has to play by the same rules as everybody else. I think his record uh, in men's scoring is as safe as any record in sports. I don't think a, a male college player is going to catch him. It's possible because they have an extra year or two. Yeah, but Mike Davis, who was the head coach at Detroit Mercy, his son, had they got into the postseason last year, would have broken that record. Now, he has the three-point shot, which Maravich didn't have, and he, I think, had five years if you, you factor in COVID. But I think now that that COVID year is gone, it won't. It doesn't go in, going forward. No one's getting those. Yeah, but somebody could be a grad. Yeah, I think. But it's weird because if you're good enough to be threatening Pete Maravich's record, you would think you would be good enough to go to the NBA. Like, USC has a freshman guard. What's Juju's last name? Watkins. Watkins. She's already had a 50-point game. She's already ahead of Caitlin Clark's pace when Caitlin was a freshman there. But she's she's going to put up some numbers. Plus, you can't go to the WNBA think you got to stay three years. I don't know if they allow you to leave after. Can you leave after one year? Women's college basketball? Yeah. We will check. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if you can. Here's how much Pete Maravich is ahead of anyone else. Career points per game average. Pete Maravich averaged 44 points a game for three years. The next closest is 35 points a game, Austin Carr at Notre Dame. Mm. He's 10 points clear. Yeah. Wow. And he didn't have a three-point shot. If he had one more season of college basketball, he would be in the 4,000s. Yeah, he'd probably be at 4,500. Yep. But I did talk to Dale Brown, the former LSU head coach. And I and he said, because he knew I, I was a Maravich fan, he sent me game film. He actually, you know, put it on VHS and he sent me game film so I could watch Maravich. You know, not a, a TV you know, portion of this. This was actual when, when they shoot these games, you know, for scouting. And Maravich, uh, he went back and did the shot chart of where Maravich was taking shots. And he said Pete would have averaged 55 a game with a three-point shot. Now, he might have averaged more because he would have taken more three-point shots, but he said if you look at the shot chart, Pete would have had 50, he would average 55 a game. (laughs) Crazy. What would you find out about the WNBA? WNBA draft eligibility. All NCAA players who are graduating seniors or turning 22 years old in 2022 are eligible to renounce any remaining eligibility in NCA. Okay. So you can't go pro. So Juju couldn't go out after her freshman year. It would have to be some type of petition. As of now, those rules prevent. All right. Uh, Paul in Iowa. Hi, Paul. What's on your mind today? 
Hey, Dan. Well, I have a question for you guys about Caitlin's legacy. Uh, but first, we have to address that yesterday you said the future Steph Curry statue should include Draymond Green. Yeah, all three of them. Yeah, I don't think Steph Curry's statue needs a backpack, Dan. <laughs> well, it might be something that uh, there was this Sports Illustrated cover where it's Draymond, Steph, and Clay together. So, I, you know, would I rather just have a Steph Curry statue? Yes, but I was wondering maybe Steph says, hey, how about all three? And then you have Durant way, way in the background. <laughs> uh, what else do you have, Paul? All right, but for Caitlin, I have a question about Caitlin Clark. She does have the opportunity of her fifth year. Now, around the room, would you guys use that fifth year to just obliterate this record, cement yourself, kind of like how you're talking about Pete right now? No, I would go the the WNBA. I, I I think that she's ready for that next challenge. And, you know, people say, oh, what about all the money she's going to be passing up? I'm going to assume if she goes to the WNBA that Nike, Gatorade, some of these other sponsors, they're going to go with her because you still want to be attached to her. I don't know what she, you know, we, we already have people handicapping how good she's going to be. She won't be able to play that way in the WNBA. I maybe not. Nobody thought she could play this way in college basketball because she was a curiosity. Paige Becker's got all the attention, and then all of a sudden, Caitlin Clark, and then people were like, "Oh wow!" And then she became must see TV. You can see her tonight break the record against Michigan. That'll be on Peacock. Uh, let's see. We'll take a break here. Mike Tannenbaum, former front office executive, he'll join us coming up. We'll. Uh, Talk to, talk to him about, you know, a variety of things, including Chris Jones. Chris Jones, can you keep him? Can you keep Snead as well? Uh, even the smoke screens that happened during the draft. You know, Caleb Williams, Drake May, there's J.J. McCarthy. There's a lot going on already, so uh, we'll talk to him. Also, Steve Wilkes getting fired after one season as the defensive coordinator. So we'll Mike, talk to Mike T., He'll join us coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Two NBA insiders podcasting twice a week to plug you right into the NBA grapevine. All happening in only one place. This league uncut. The new NBA podcast with me, Chris Haynes. And me, Mark Stein. Join us as we team up to expound on everything we're covering, hearing, and chasing. Listen to This League Uncut with Chris Haynes and Mark Stein on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The original light beer, 1975. Miller Lite. Yeah, the original. Yeah, 1975. Perfect companion for uh, us grill masters across the United States. This past weekend, even Mother's Day, I'm treating myself while I'm treating my wife for Mother's Day. Out there cooking, and I've got my Miller Lite, my friend, right there with me. 
Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. It's You can't debate it. I would try it. I would no, lose. you can't. Taste as great as the barbecue you're making. The beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. It tastes like a beer. Less filling. Only 96 calories. With a Miller Lite in hand, grilling doesn't just taste great. It, it tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells great beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening i want to apologize again i was reheating my lunch and uh didn't realize it was going to be an issue for the danettes because they're sitting right next to the kitchen and uh the the smell of fish came through the doors there so i hope you guys are able to still work do your best all right i'm counting on you 877-3dp-show we'll get to your phone calls coming up as well update the poll results We bring in Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN front office insider. Mike T, you can see him on Get Up and SportsCenter. And uh, leading up to the draft, he'll be reporting on site for the Combine. His first mock draft will be coming out March 26th on ESPN.com. Good to see you again, Mike. Explain to me why Steve Wilkes got fired. Dan, great to be with you. That was surprising. Obviously, Dan, it had much more to do than what we just saw on Sunday because, look, we could go back over the game, and there was probably a dozen different plays where if it had gone differently, we're talking about a 49er championship. And here's to me, the just to take it behind the scenes, every single coach on that staff is talking to their wife, girlfriend, agent to say, like, hey, if that could happen to Wilkes, and we go to the Super Bowl, that can happen to me. And I'm not saying that they won't get a good replacement because there's 32 of these on the planet, and he may very well know who it's going to be. But if I'm a candidate, a viable candidate with options, and I see a guy take a team into overtime against Patrick Mahomes and get fired, I'm going to pause before I agree to come on board. If they win the Super Bowl, does Steve Wilkes still get fired? Well, I don't think so, but something must have happened either philosophically or otherwise. I got to think this decision was made before Sunday because, again, that game was too close, and we can make a real argument that that defense played outstanding, especially in the first half. You know, the way the game was flowing, and it was 3 nothing for a while, you just felt like 49ers were dominating that game, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that, again, to me, this decision had to be made well before Sunday. How does it? How is that um, firing carried out? Like, is, is it you know, GM that, that brings you in, and then, or is is you know Shanahan involved in this? Set the scene. Yep. Yeah, uh, basically, you get back, you know, m- Monday, and John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan together walk in and say, "Hey, Steve, we appreciate everything you did. Um, we just feel like it's in everyone's best interest for you and us to go in a different direction." And, you know, we wish you nothing but the best and appreciate everything you did. 
And something else that's really important, Dan, you know, when you sit in these seats and have the privilege of leadership jobs, there's a great saying that applies here, which is when you let somebody go and they're surprised, you've done a bad job as the manager because what should have been happening, and maybe there is, to be fair, many conversations along the way of like, hey, Steve, we need to have some really hard conversations. I don't like the way this thing is going, and this is a tough conversation, but let's invest in this conversation so we can avoid the other conversation that neither you nor I want to have. And then Steve Spagnolo, the uh, defensive coordinator with the Chiefs, got extended. There were no head coaching uh, vacancies, but he's been a head coach before. I wonder if he realizes this is what I do really well, and you know why? Why try to get another head coaching job? Yeah, a couple thoughts on that. First of all, I thought Kevin Demoff, the COO of the now LA Rams, said something very authentic and enlightening. He said, "Hey." When we were the St. Louis Rams, we didn't give him everything he needed to be a head coach, the transition and everything else. And taking nothing away from Dave Canales, who may wind up being a great coach, but Dan, if you and I were owning or operating an NFL team and we put Steve Spagnuolo's resume next to Dave Canales's, it's not even in the same stratosphere. I mean, when you look at the job he's done, especially with all the resources on the offensive side and how young they are on defense, if we were running an NFL team and we're talking about leadership and player development i'm hard pressed to think like what boxes the steve spagnolo doesn't check if you were the chief's gm how would you approach chris jones contract situation yeah this one uh and i've been in this situation before i tell chris jones and Jerry Steve, like here here's what's going to happen fellas i can give both of you guys a solid b deal it's a good deal it's not a great deal we, we can't give everybody a great deal but the alternative to a B deal is getting franchised, and one of you will be franchised. I am giving you the answers to the test. Here is the letter. All I have to do is hit send. So we're going to work our tails off between now and I think it's March 12th to get a deal done that we could both live with. Neither one of us is going to love, but we're going to like, and we could go for a three-peat, but you're not going to get the top of the market. You're going to get a really good deal, and one of you is going to get tagged. And if you don't want to get tagged, Tell your agent to close the door and we're not leaving until the deal's done. Does that work? Yeah, it sure does. Because, again, like, when you know that the alternative to a B deal is getting tagged, all of a sudden you work your ass off to say, like, okay, like, if I could get the guaranteed money or if I could get, like, the third year guaranteed or if I could get, you know, this incentive to get me where I want to go, like, you know, fear does the work of reason and, and players hate being tagged and I get it but it's a great tactic this time of year. Yeah, I'm wondering about that with uh, Chris Jones and Snead. Like, who's more valuable moving forward? Yeah, I, look, I built defenses with Rex Ryan where I can tell you it's the corner from a standpoint that when you have Snead and Trent Williams, you can change the math, meaning we're going to play man-to-man and our guys are better than yours. So even though we love Chris Jones, we're going to send more people than you can block. And you know, it worked really, really well for us at the Jets. I just think when you get a guy like Snead, his length, his ball skills, I believe there was like 462 times he, he was targeted this year, didn't give up a touchdown. Those guys, to me, when they're young and they're prime, they don't leave the building. He's Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN front office insider. How often do agents get in the way of what a player really wants, but the agent may have a different agenda? Yeah, that's a simple question and a complicated answer. Um, it, it, every situation is a little bit different. I, I think what they're building there was a lot of what you felt like in New England for years where 
Brady took less. They had a real chance to win the championship. You know, Dan, it's really known as the aura of association. And I think what you're going to see in Kansas City in particular, skilled players that don't get what they want, take a one-year deal and say, hey, look, let me go win a championship with Mahomes and get back to the market. And that's not always great for an agent. But when you get this sort of like player-led movement and when you can play with a guy like Mahomes, that's hard to beat and becomes a force multiplier in the player market. So you think that they're going – will they draft a wide receiver in Kansas City or more likely to sign uh, a wide receiver? Yeah, I would go try to get a really inexpensive veteran receiver, you know, like the guys like the Brandon Cookses of the world, or, you know, someone's going to fall through the cracks. Is it Calvin Ridley? Is it Michael Pittman? I would draft a left tackle, let Donovan Smith graduate, put my resources into those two defensive players, and keep just throwing resources at that receiver position and see what sticks, like they did, you know, Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, Rasheed Rice. Um, those are the most, like, to me, dispensable part of this plan, the corner, the defensive lineman, you got to keep them, draft the left tackle, Donovan Smith is okay, not great, and then attack the receiver position in volume. How much truth comes out of scouts or coaches, GMs? Like, like at what point do you say, now I know what they're saying about the draft is real, as opposed to leading up, there's always, you know, J.J. McCarthy hasn't played a game in, you know, a month and a half, but he's going up the draft boards here a little bit. Somebody's going to fall down the draft board. It it happens every single year. So at what point do you feel like now we're starting to get real information? Right, right now, like we're in it right here, right now. And let me tell you why specifically. When we go back a year ago, Dan, and I think Ryan Poles has done a great job, the Bears DM, he made that trade with Carolina to flip one in 10 right at the combine. Those conversations have already begun. So if we're Atlanta, if we're Pittsburgh, and we're juxtaposing J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix, and Justin Fields, those are the decisions we have to make by the time we get to the combine. And that's why, to me, like we're, we're, we are already in it. Mm. And if you're Denver or all New Orleans, like all these other teams, you're looking at J.J. McCarthy and you're looking at do I want to pay the bill for Kirk Cousins at $45 million and up? Or does Bo Nix, Michael Penix, McCarthy, once they get past those top three of Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, and Drake May, that juxtaposition of our options is going to happen by the time we get to the combine. What's Justin Fields worth on the trade market? He's a second-round pick to either Pittsburgh or Atlanta. I think he's a player that has gotten better there's still some flaws. There's still some inconsistencies, but he's a great kid with a ton of ability. And if you look at Arthur Smith, the new offensive coordinator at Pittsburgh, and the success he had when he was in Tennessee with Ryan Tannehill, very similar skill set. And likewise, ironically, in Atlanta, where he just left with all those other skill players, they're desperate for a young athletic quarterback. And ironically, Fields is from Georgia. And, you know, to me, there's one of those two teams would be a great fit. Caleb Williams is from D.C. They have the second pick in the draft. How do you finesse this if you're Caleb Williams' agent without coming out and saying, we don't want to go to Chicago? Yeah, it's hard. Um, because if I'm Chicago, I'm telling Caleb Williams, you know, start looking for places to live here. You can move here in March, April, <laughs> May. You can move here in October. Your area code is going to be 312 on your phone, and you're going to be here a long time. So 
you could tell me all about the DC area and they could offer me uh, whatever you want. I don't care, but you know, let's not overthink it. Caleb Williams is going to be a bear and um, I'm not really interested in even picking the phone up. You don't think there's a trade off or somebody at least tries to go up and get it. You know, Dan, in our industry, like you're judged by a couple of things, obviously your win and loss record, right? But let's face it. Part of the angst and consternation that we saw in Carolina a year ago was, and I do think earnestly that Bryce Young, when it's all said and done, is going to be a really good quarterback. Now, is he going to be top eight, top 12, top 15? I'm not sure, but he's he's a talented player. He's small, but he's good. But every single week in Carolina, they dealt with, well, here's what Bryce Young did right <laughs> here, and here's C.J. Stroud that blew right by him. And if we were running the Bears, they're not going to say it publicly, but 1,000%, I can guarantee you, if they trade and take – you know, either fill in the blank, Drake May or Jaden Daniels, and they pass on Patrick Mahomes, you don't survive that decision. Good to talk to you as always, Mike. Thank you. All right, Dan. Appreciate it. That's Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN front office insider, and uh, he will be at the Combine. His first mock draft will be March 26th on ESPN.com. Lucas in Texas. Hi, Luke. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Good morning. How are you? Good, good, good. Good, good. Hey, I wanted to bring back uh, a little bit of the discussion you guys had right at the end of yesterday's show. My wife and I were listening, and I said, oh, I've got to call in on this. Would you give up a toe for a gold medal? Um, as a recent member of what I like to call the nub club, uh, missing uh, part of a toe here, <laughs> I can say uh, definitely. I mean, it's overrated. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't doing anything with it anyways, and I, if I get a gold medal, I'd trade a, a medal per toe. What? How did you lose your toe? Oh man, this is going to sound so uh, Central Texas. Uh, I had a boating accident. I run a little boating rental business and had a person crash into our trailer, and so uh, tried to get out of the way, slipped into the way, and before you know it, uh, I looked down and I was uh, missing a digit. Wow. Yes, Paulie. Did you so, find it and try to have it reattached, or was it in the water and gone? Oh, man. Okay, I don't want to get too graphic. I know we're on a, on a show, but I'll say it this way. I, I first thought that I heard it, and then I grabbed, I was wearing Crocs, you know, the, the universal shoe of the lake, if you will, <laughs> and uh, and the remainder fell out, and I said, oh, we got to go to the hospital right now. So uh, pulling two jet skis, drove myself right up to the hospital, and uh, they weren't able to save it. So uh, I will say this. Everyone at the hospital thought I was, you know, the jet ski guy, the, the guy that uh, – you know, was being irresponsible when they learned it was, you know, I run a little business that does it. Uh, instantly, the doctors all got way nicer. What, you know, oh, we're so sorry for your loss. Uh, but that, be that as it may, I take a gold medal any day of the week. All right. Well, thank you, Lucas. Uh, Jonah in Maine joins us. Hi, Jonah. Medium time. six one estimated 218. All right. Um. Yeah, so on yesterday's show, the guys weren't too hot on coming up to Maine to visit your new cabin. Uh, so I just wanted to get on air real quick and offer to be your official Mainer Danette, hang out, you at, hang out with you at the cabin whenever you'd like company. All right, well, thank you, Jonah. No, I think the Danettes would come up. Well, if invited, I think they would. Oh, uninvited. Oh, hey, Dan. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Like, am I reading the room incorrectly? It seems like you guys would be curious about coming up to in, Maine. In the summer, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. By the coast there, get some lobster, all that good stuff. I'm going ice fishing. Oh. I'm going ice fishing. This weekend? Yeah. Going ice fishing. 
You got your auger? You got the whole thing? Uh, somebody has the auger and uh, drills the hole. and then, You're not uh, going to do the auging? I would like to. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to experience all of it. Yeah. Fritzy, would you be interested in going up to me? I absolutely would visit you in Maine. I don't know how big I am on the ice fishing, but I, maybe I'd give it a shot if we were all doing that as a group project. Yeah, darn. I was hoping for a no. Um, but maybe I would do it if it was a group project. <laughs> like the ice fishing. Because well, well, we did that one Super Bowl, and I wasn't really participating in that ice fishing thing you guys were doing. Yeah. Not, not really participating. You didn't show up. You didn't. I didn't show up at all. Yeah, I thought I was off to the go. side watch. I didn't even show up. Yeah, right? yeah. I was busy in my hotel room. All right, let me take a break. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I would- this is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I was watching the Wizards last night. I don't know why I do this to myself, but I'm thinking... Nobody watches the Wizards, so I watch the Wizards. They've lost eight straight. Washington has one win over a team that's currently over 500 right now. That's the NBA's version of a timeout. When you're bad, they say, hey, better wise up here. I'm going to send you to Washington. Uh, Let's bring in Bill Plaschke, LA Times sports columnist. You were bringing some heat here. Last couple of columns, the LeBron James one, the Chip Kelly leaving UCLA. Let me start with LeBron. What did you think when you heard the report by ESPN that Golden State was at least flirting with the opportunity of trying to trade for LeBron? Why Why didn't he do it? Why didn't they trade him? That was my thought. They, they, would, they would get younger. They would get faster. They would get smarter. They could build for the future. LA, my opinion, is not sure about all of LA. LA is polarized. Half the people love LeBron because he's playing so well and it's so fun to watch. The other half, and I'm in the other half, believe that they'll never win with him. They can only win if they get assets for him. And now he, he could walk this summer for nothing. So I, when, I, when I saw the report, I said, why didn't they do it? Why didn't they make the trade? They should have made it. Yeah, but does LeBron have veto power? No trade? I don't think so. I mean, they, they want to do it. The Lakers want to do what he wants to do. The Lakers want to make him happy. They're a star-driven organization. 
they want him to retire there, and I understand that, but I just think that's the mortgage in the future. He's he's holding him hostage, Dan. He's holding him hostage, and a trade would have been the best thing for everybody. I, so I, I read the story and I said, oh, my God, they blew it. They blew it. They should have done it. Is he with the Lakers next season? I think that's 50-50 right now. It all depends on what happens with Bronny. I mean, do they have to take Bronny and give him a roster spot? And Bronny's not, by, by no stretch of imagination, is Bronny ready for the NBA. So do they do that? Do they mortgage the future to bring back Kyrie Irving to make him happy? It all depends on what they do to make him happy. And I'm tired of making him happy. He's a great, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a great, he's a great player, but they can't win with him right now. They're not going to win a championship this year. They're not going to win one next year as long as he's there. They, they can use his, 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 his absence is more than his presence. Yeah, I wonder I what's his value, though. And, and if you're another team, let's say you're Cleveland. Do you draft Bronny? I think, you know, LeBron can still play. And he's obviously, he's still a tremendous player. I think, yeah, I think anybody who drafts Bronny has a chance to get him. And I think it's, he'd be worth it to watch him retire there, to watch him, to let his stars shine wherever, wherever he goes. He's just, it's already, it's his star is already shined out here i think he's this is not the place for him anymore we were wondering about this yesterday does he get his jersey retired by the lakers oh yes absolutely he does because they're so star they're <laughs> so into the stars i don't think he should and people still don't feel like he's a, he's a real Laker. he doesn't feel like he doesn't feel like magic he doesn't feel like kobe he doesn't feel like kareem he doesn't feel like a real laker and he hasn't really brought them a full season championship but I think the Lakers love they'll love the stars so much. Yes, they'll, they'll, they'll retire his jersey. Yeah, heck, they'll retire my jersey. Do they get? Does he get a statue? Is LeBron's statue worthy? I don't. I think Jerry Buss should have a statue. I think James Worthy should have a statue. Many people ahead of him, but yes, the way the Lakers run things, they'll give him a statue. They, as long as he retires, if he retires here, they'll give him the world because that's that's how they that's how they operate. That's how they get stars. Stars are treated a bit differently here. But I don't I don't think the, the town would not be all in favor of that. Where do the Chargers, do they move up at all on the totem pole with Harbaugh? Huge, huge move, Dan. Huge. Harbaugh was huge out here. The Chargers, I mean, if you have Sean McVay and Jim Harbaugh having dueling press conferences, which one are you going to go to? Harbaugh. You're going to go to Harbaugh. Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I think, that that's the biggest move for the Chargers since they've been here. They become a real L.A. team. They got a chance to win next year, and it's no. He's you can't under overestimate the impact he's made on this town. It's huge. What about Otani now with the Dodgers? As far as must see TV and where they rank? Well, they're they, they got to they, they have to get the World Series. They're the best team in baseball by far. They spent a billion dollars. They got to win. So much pressure on them, but it's so. He, did you see his batting practice yeah. the other day? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Yeah, he's huge. He's huge. He's like Superman. So I think it's going to be it's going to be an unbelievable summer for the Dodgers, and it has to be an unbelievable summer. They have to win. They a billion dollars. They got to win. You've had a lot of uh, topics out there to write about, and then Chip Kelly out of nowhere says, <laughs> uh, "I'm so I read your column on that too, where he's basically, uh, all right, before I get fired, I might as well leave and let me be the offensive coordinator in the conference that we were moving." It was, to. It was unbelievable. It was so. It was such a. Such a shameful act by him. Why? Why didn't he leave at the end of the season? Why does he wait till now? He left the program bereft of everything. He didn't. He didn't want to deal with NIL. He didn't want to deal with recruiting. Yet he's chasing college football and he takes a demotion 
to go to a team in the same conference. It makes him look terrible. It makes UCLA look terrible. They they quickly hired Deshaun Foster, but they don't have they don't have you know the, the NIL money's not there, the recruiting's not there, their program is is in tatters. They got to rebuild from the ground up and enter the Big Ten. No shame on Chip Kelly. I just I just thought what he the act he did was just a bore, and he was I'm so mad at him. I have you spoken to him? No, I've not. We've reached out, but you know I'm I'm wondering was he going to be fired? Like he was kind of in the on deck circle and maybe thought, you know what? Let me ease into coaching retirement. Well, plus, he was flirting at being an offensive coordinator of the NFL, Bill, which to me, that's a fireable offense. And be like, we don't want you if you want something else. I wrote they should have fired him at the end of the season. I wrote this before any of this happened. I wrote, I wrote two columns. I tried to fire him twice, Dan. It didn't work. <laughs> and they, they should have, they definitely should have fired him. They should have known. How does the athletic director not know the rumblings? How does he know he's not happy? How does the athletic director not know this is going on? Everybody, everybody in football knows he's interviewing everywhere else. How come the, the AD that UCLA didn't know? Yeah, they should have fired him a long time ago. Did UCLA approach Pete Carroll? No. And you know what? I thought they should have. I thought it'd be great to bring him back here. I think he he would come back to L.A. He loves L.A. He loves the USC, but he loves L.A. more. He'd have been great. No, they didn't. They were such a rush job. So they took to Sean Foster. He's a nice guy, but he's never coached at any level before. I don't know how he's going to coach in the Big Ten now. Basically, UCLA has become the Rutgers of the Big Ten. No offense to Rutgers, <laughs> but but there, yeah. And that was that was a, that was madness. I'm telling you, it's been madness out here, Dan. It, it always is. And uh, Chip Kelly just added to it. And then I'm wondering about USC, that it almost felt like, gosh, we hope Lincoln Riley doesn't leave, to, gosh, we hope Lincoln Riley leaves and maybe goes to the NFL. So where do we stand with the Lincoln Riley era at USC? Everybody's really upset with it. Everybody's down on him. Um, I, I was hoping he would leave, but I thought he hurt his NFL chances by having such a bad season. He's got a lot to prove. He's got a lot to prove. Can he win with another quarterback besides Caleb Williams? Can he rebuild his program? He's making a lot of money. With little results, he can't coach a defense. God, I, I sound so negative on here, dude. I hate to sound negative about my dad. This is, this is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. But that, that's where LA sports is today. We demand championships, and we're not getting them. So Lincoln Riley's, I think he's on the hot seat. I'm going to put him on the hot seat. You have stars. You just don't have titles. Yes, and that's what I hate about this. I love, love this town, but the teams are so star-driven that they want, they'll sacrifice anything just to get the, the name out there. And in the case of Lincoln Riley, he's got the big name, doesn't have the big results. No, I'm not sold on him at all. L.A. is not either. Is, so really, the only, the only team, I guess, there really is no team out here that, that, that people are <laughs> behind. It's, 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 it's well, well the, the Dodgers. The, but the Dodgers bought, their, bought a championship. Do you wish I didn't call you to bring up all these uh, mad things? I believe I'm such angst. It's, it's, it's eight thirty in the morning out here. It's, it's terrible. My bad. My bad. But but uh, power rankings. Where's Harbaugh and where's Otani in L.A. Star power. That's a that's a great question. Otani's star rankings. Otani's number one right now. He's number one because he's worldwide. He's bigger than LeBron out here. He's huge. He's global. Harbaugh is probably. Probably three. I mean, pro- no, yeah, probably three. Probably behind LeBron and Otani. He's. I mean, I can't tell you how big getting him was. Yeah. He's just. He's so magnetic. He's so 
fun to talk to. He's so uh, he's such he's such a great he's national champion coach. So yes, I'd say he's I'd say he's third. I think he passed Clayton Kershaw was up there. I think uh, Mick Cronin was Mick, 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 poor Mick Cronin. All he does is yell at his players. Let's just talk about Mick Cronin. <laughs> All he does is yell at his players and and and. <laughs> Storm the sidelines, yell at the referees. He's going crazy. UCLA is not may not make the tournament, so that's another bad. Thing. USC, how bad is USC basketball? How about <laughs> Ronnie James, the star lineman? They can't win a game. This is enough, Dad. I know. I'm hang sorry. Up, okay. Hang up on me. All right. All right. Uh, bye, Bill. Bye. Thank uh, you, Bill Plasher. <laughs> L.A. Times sports columns. Yeah, I'm I'm reading his columns, and I'm like, man, he's mad at everybody. And all of a sudden, I didn't realize he was truly mad at everybody there in Los Angeles. Yes, Marvin. Plasky just said the Dodgers bought a championship. Yeah. Does everyone else not get paid? When you say you bought a championship? Well, they spent a billion on one player. So, I mean. That, but just in general. Yeah. It, remember when the Yankees were buying championships? They were the evil empire. We don't even bring that up anymore. It's like. The Yankees are a mid-level spending team, it feels like. Yes, Eaton. The uh, bought a championship thing is kind of like people complaining about Valentine's Day being a made-up holiday. Like, it's a man-made holiday. It's not even real. As opposed to all of the other holidays found in the wild. <laughs> like, they're all made up. They're all man-made. None of them just happened naturally. Well, Valentine's could be woman-made. Yeah. Well, man meaning person. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. They're all made by people. None yeah. of them just happened naturally. <laughs> Uh, this is stupid. This is a made-up holiday. Yeah, they literally every single one of them is. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to Halloween, I mean, you know, <laughs> that just occurred naturally. Yes, of course. <laughs> that one actually. Uh, yeah, Paul. It, it does feel like the Dodgers are hoarding a little bit. Like they they had everything already. They were already outscoring everybody galactically, and they add Otani. But like, if you're a Dodgers fan, you're like, fantastic. I'll take the heat. What do I care? Yeah, but he can't pitch for you this year. And if Kershaw is pitching, are you going to be able to rely on him come postseason at his age? You can make the case that the Dodgers and maybe the Braves are the only team who could sign Otani and afford to have him not pitch for a year. Like the Dodgers would be fine. They would have they would have probably been the favorites without Man, I, him. I don't know. You get into a seven game series. Sure, sure. And it comes down to pitching. That's the thing. They were they dominated offensively until they didn't in the postseason. And that's why having those pitchers, it's, you know, it's imperative. If you're going to win a title, it's hard to just outslug everybody and be a softball team. You, you, it's going to come down to a couple of 3-2, two, 2-1, two, one, one nothing games. Somebody get a timely hit there. Uh, Kevin in San Antonio. Hi, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, let me pull over because I don't want to die. Um, <laughs> Sorry, first time, long time. Um, six foot, two twenty, dad bod. Um, also, I wanted to make a quick note. The the other day when uh, Marvin was getting the, uh, he was able to to pick the food. The biggest quip that I've heard on the show is when Seaton said, uh, "As long as we don't choke on it, that was solid." Uh, <laughs> aside from that, though, um, I have a possible. That was really good. Cool. I'm sorry. Uh, I have a possible sad of the day. Um, Back in 2018, Rudy Gobert, he had 129 blocks and 44 steals his whole season as defensive player of the year season. Right now, our San Antonio Victor Wimbenyama has 156 blocks and 56 steals already. 
Well, he's going to be your defensive player of the year. Yes, he will. Brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. I wonder if uh, Wemby gets close to... I think Mark Eaton has the highest average blocks per game. I think it's around five and a half, if that sounds right. This in, in the modern era. Because if you go back to Russell and Chamberlain, they probably block you know, 10, 12 shots a game. But I think Mark Eaton might have the record for the highest average blocks per game. Yes, Eaton. The, uh, did you see Wemby, by the way, uh, Kyrie and Wemby? Yesterday, there's a highlight of Kyrie just sort of scooting around Wembanyama. <laughs> no, I didn't see it. It's pretty fun. Yes, boy. Mark Eaton, yeah, he had in 1984-85, 5.56 blocks per game. Mm. I think the rookie record for blocks per game is Manute Bull, 4.96 with the Bullets, 85-86. Oh. Okay. okay. All right. Wow. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, here comes that what? Stat of the day. But you look at the block shot specialists, they don't score a lot of points. Mark Eaton didn't even get double-digit points. And Manute Bowl wasn't a scorer. And then he later became a three-point shooter. It was so odd to see somebody 7-6. It's almost like it, it was a ladder. If the ladder fell, he would be able to lay it up. You know, he'd get like a lay-in. Seven, six, shooting threes. Yes, Paulie. Manupol's rookie year, he averaged five blocks per game and three points per game. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget when I went to see Patrick Ewing's first game and he was playing against Manupol. And I, I've said this before. It's one of those memories. It'll never leave me of all the things that I've seen sports-wise. Manupol comes out. And it looked like somebody on stilts. So he had his warm-up pants on. And it looked like if you said, oh, look at the guy, and they got a mascot, and he's, got, uh, he's on stilts. That's what it looked like. It was that tall, and it was that awkward looking. And he was playing against Patrick Ewing. Start out. Yeah, Paul. I don't want to pile on here, but I will. Manute Bowl career three-pointers. He hit 43 in his career. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons has hit five. All right. <laughs> Random, but you know. is Ben Simmons still playing? He is. He's uh, he's started ten games this year. Yeah, he's got to be exhausted. Yeah, his nickname should be the Eclipse. Yeah, <laughs> comes out every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, Marv. Bigger LSU legend, Pete Maravich or Ben Simmons? That's coming up next. Mm. Uh, Jamarcus Russell, Ben Simmons. Bigger disappointment. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Jamarcus Russell, number one overall pick. Can't miss. And then he missed. Ben Simmons, number one overall pick. Can't miss. And he's missed. He didn't, take, he didn't even take the shot. He didn't even miss. He didn't even take the shot. That is, that is true. Yeah. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is 
finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.